Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'd like to welcome you to a special five-part podcast series in conversation with K2 Intelligence Finn, CEO Jeremy Kroll on GRC risks, strategies, in the future. This special five-part podcast series is sponsored by K2 Intelligence Finn. As president, CEO, and co-founder of K2 Intelligence Finn, Jeremy Kroll is responsible for charting the firm's growth strategy. With more than two decades of investigative and leadership experience, Kroll has led K2 Intelligence since its inception in 2009 through its growth into an internationally recognized firm with six offices across the United States and Europe, including its merger with the Financial Integrity Network in September 2019. Kroll serves as a trusted advisor and more complex problem solver to business owners, boards of directors, and C-suite executives, working with them to mitigate risk across the corporate and family office spheres. He advises clients on risk management as they pursue strategic investments, including cross-border acquisitions and multinational investments, and helps to navigate the changing physical and cybersecurity landscape in a way that embraces technological change while minimizing strategic risk. Over this podcast series, we will explore in episode one, GRC Explained, in episode two, GRC at Work, in episode three, GRC and Investment Community, in episode four, GRC at K2 Intelligence Fin, and in episode five, GRC Then and Now. It's a podcast series that I know you will not only enjoy, but get a lot out of. This special five-part podcast series is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. Tom Fox back again with Jeremy Kroll for our fifth and final episode of our exploration of all things GRC. Today, we're going to take a look back and a look forward, uh, seeing kind of where GRC has taken us and where it may take us. So, Jeremy, first of all, with that incredibly long-winded introduction, first of all, welcome back. Thank you, Tom. It's great to be back. Jeremy, we've uh, covered a lot in this series, and I wanted to, to start off by asking uh, we, uh, if you could look back maybe uh, into the far distant future of 50 years and then maybe bring it forward 25 years, but maybe focus the most on uh, you've got a 10 year anniversary coming up. I have a big anniversary on my podcast, uh, my signature podcast of 500th uh, episode and what you've seen in those sort of three time frames. Well, I'll answer you as long as you can download some of your wisdom after 500 podcasts. This is actually my first podcast I've ever done with you. And this series has been an absolute joy. So first of all, congrats on your 500. And uh, thank you for having me and allowing us to tell our story here. Um, Speaking of stories, uh, I am uh, 49 years old. Uh, Jules Kroll, who's um, our chairman, my business partner, and my father, founded Kroll Associates in 1972 uh, with my mother, Lynn. I was uh, one year old. Um, And so the stories that we heard around the the kitchen table throughout the 70s, 80s, um, until I joined the firm after university in 1996, were kind of the things of legend. So we heard about corporate raiders, you know, in the late 70s, early 80s. So names like T. Boone Pickens, Carl Icahn, you know, these were the names we heard. Maybe, maybe other kids heard about, you know, Babe Ruth or 
Martha Washington, you know, we heard about these corporate raiders, right? Then, then in the 80s, we heard about um, Ivan Bosky. We heard about um, Mike Milken. We heard about um, Saddam Hussein uh, because we got involved as, as a family business in tracking down large fortunes that were stolen um, from Ferdinand Marcos, who was the first asset search that we did at Kroll to, um, I think we've done 45 at this point, um, starting at Kroll and now here at K2 Intelligence Fin. So the long lens for us, 50 years, well, it's about the evolution of white collar crime, bribery, corruption, and the kinds of things that um, in the 70s, you didn't hear much about in, in the business world. Um, government in the U.S. was quietly developing laws like the FCPA in the late 70s that eventually were used in very strong terms to hold companies accountable. Um, so over the long term, and then you flash forward, in, let's say the last 25 years, um, even with these large-scale frauds occurring, uh, schemes with IPOs and secondary offerings where there was shell companies and, you know, there were really kind of um, dramatic uh, stories about theft in, in the corporate world. It really wasn't working um, because why would we then have had Enron, WorldCom, Adelphia, Tyco, and these um, massive corporate failures because they were built around fraudulent activities um, or business activities that were driven because of quarterly pressures and compensation and incentives for management, whether they were in energy, pharmaceuticals, telecommunications, and so forth. So it really wasn't until the 2000-2001 period. And um, what was the answer? Sarbanes-Oxley. Um, and so that became the Full Employment Act for the accounting firms, one of whom is a blessed memory. Um, and I think now you realize that the federal government, um, you don't trifle with the federal government. Otherwise, you, you go away like Arthur Anderson did. Um, so we're left with four uh, accounting firms. Uh, one of the concerns I have is there aren't enough big accounting firms. And so... Uh, for massive companies that have grown dramatically, you only have just a few, actually three, three or four at this point who can accommodate those needs. So the, um, the importance of partnering between the accounting profession, the legal profession, those of us in the, in the risk consulting arena, um, and being able to leverage technology, this is also really essential. Um, and this has become even more um, critical over the last 25 years. So now where are we in the last 10 years since eight years ago, you started your podcast and we, we started K2 intelligence fin, uh, 10 years ago, what we're seeing is the velocity of, uh, data available. Um, the increasingly important role of technology, the, um, the kind of, um, multidisciplined approach within, organizations to create uh, governance frameworks, risk management techniques and abilities 
and compliance programs is even more essential. Um, I think people now are much more aware of the threats coming from cyber attacks, threats coming from breaches of privacy, threats coming from uh, the theft of intellectual property. But I think the biggest um, event that's occurred in the last 10 years that really pretends for what happens next is third-party risk. About to say, I don't know what to say because third-party risk has been the biggest risk during the time I've been involved in compliance. And for you to identify that is as uh, one of the biggest, if not the biggest risk going forward, I find it's just extraordinary, but it points to, I think, a couple of things. Number one is the frameworks you have talked about in GRC will allow a company to manage a risk portfolio around one type of third-party risk, but they can expand to uh, to cover a variety of third-party risks. So it, it strikes me that the importance of GRC over the past 10 years, over the past eight years, I think now is even more important because of the ex- explosion of third-party risks which were trends that we were seeing, but now with COVID-19, as you said, have accelerated exponentially. So I find that not only a fascinating risk going forward, but also uh, great comfort that we have a framework in place that allows uh, a company to accommodate those third-party risks, whether they be in different disciplines, whether they be in different parts of an organization that with this holistic approach. So uh, I was not expecting that. Oh, kudos. And, wow, thank you. That's a compliment. I appreciate that. Uh, and now maybe we could turn to um, a couple of things I wanted to specifically ask you about. One of the things I said in an earlier podcast is how I believe compliance can drive greater business efficiency and indeed greater profitability. I've heard you talk about GRC as a business differentiator for the person who's practicing GRC, for the accountant, for the lawyer for the IT professional, uh, for the other corporate discipline, will this allow them to be seen as profit centers rather than simply cost centers of a corporation that can be uh, brought up if an emergency arises or cut in a downturn and and really lead to a different uh, type of viewing of a GRC professional going forward? Sadly, I think... um Unless an organization or even an industry has been faced with some sort of a crisis, in other words, some sort of ethics, um, health, safety, or business practice that has drawn the, you know, I guess the the health of the company into sharp focus, um, they're probably not treated with a lot of respect. They're probably viewed as a cost center. Uh, they're probably underinvested in. And what I would say is come over to our side, you know, become part of our team because uh, what we've seen certainly over the last 50 years, let alone the last 50 months, is this field is exploding in a good way. In other words, you know, you are either a dual or tri-use technology. If you've been in law enforcement, or you've been in the law or the accounting profession, or you've been in compliance, um, you actually have 
a lot of utility because I think the majority of companies today are not investing in GRC, which means there's a ton of business to do. There is a long tail that is going to represent a lot of growth. And I think the mid-size and small businesses are going to recognize we can't afford the best information security, the best AML uh, or sanctions risk um, mitigation. We can invest you know, at the appropriate level in FCPA and fraud risk management. So we're going we're gonna to have to outsource this kind of expertise. So there's a lot of growth in the SMB category as businesses are requiring more and more uh, governance risk compliance capabilities. In the large enterprises, Tom, I think what's going to happen is, you know, unfortunately, many big companies don't see the risk and compliance functions or even fraud or information security as really a strategic advantage. And so what happens when the quarter fall short of earnings? You know, what happens when in the, in the pandemic, their business is deeply impacted? They're going to look to cut their expenses wherever they can. And unfortunately, it's probably going to end up affecting a number of areas, not just the classic, well, we can just reduce our marketing spend. It's no, they're going to look at, you know, all the middle, quote unquote, middle and back office functions. Well, that's exactly the wrong place to go starting with marketing and going into, you know, the risk and compliance functions that are looked at as cost centers. When in fact, when the, you know, what's hitting the fan, who do you think's on the front lines identifying that first? Who do you think is going to be able to help you flatten the curve and the risk curve, particularly to your reputation or your business? It's, it's the risk professionals. It's the compliance professionals. It's the people who are, living and breathing every day, uh, the mission. And so, again, I would say, come on over. The water's warm here. We're growing very quickly. And I think as a kind of proof point, the investment community is showing up every day at our doorstep. And they're also, uh, thankfully, investing in a lot of other businesses in our field, in technology, reg tech, comply tech, also professional services and advisory, and what I think is going to be one of the most exciting areas um, where the outsourcing of compliance, which also includes training and education. And one last point, Tom, is we are taking people who are, they're really, they're already in their 40s, 50s, or even 60s, and we're retraining them. And so pivoting and making a career change and growing in this field, this is a growth field. And we want that wisdom. We want that judgment. We want that business or life experience. And you can couple that with young employees and technology enablement. And then you can add tremendous value to clients who, you know, they need the help. Jeremy, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this fifth and final episode. But if I could ask if there were any place that listeners wanted to go uh, that could find out more information about K2 Intelligence Fin, where would that be? Well, thank you, Tom. And again, it's been a real honor and pleasure to have these sessions with you. We can be found on LinkedIn at K2 Intelligence, as well as on Twitter, on the web, 
www.k2intelligence.com and www.finintegrity.com. And uh, it's been a real privilege to work with you in these sessions. These are real enjoyable conversations. Congrats on your 500th episode. Well, thank you. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you for listening to this episode of In Conversation with K2 Intelligence Finn, CEO Jeremy Kroll on GRC Risks, Strategies, and the Future. I hope you will join us again for another episode. This special five-part podcast series is a special production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Thanks again for listening, and we look forward to visiting with you again.